1: Welcome to the First Cup Podcast, I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is a little special episode where we will discuss the European captain selections for the Ryder Cup, all 12 on that side of the pond, now on the team, so we've got all 24 golfers for Rome, and then we will look ahead way too early to the 2024 Major Championships. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick,
2: good day. Good day. hope everyone had a great long weekend. Fall is here. I have my Diet Coke and Ryder Cup glass ready for this discussion. Uh, looking forward to it.
3: Why is that, Patrick?
2: I mean, we got Big Sep in the mix. I don't want to spoil it. I know we don't. Some people don't like spoilers. If they've been under the rock or on a boat or at the beach all weekend and they don't know Sep Straka got picked for the European Ryder Cup team. I'm spoiling it right now, but he did. So in honor of Big Sep, I'm drinking Diet Coke during this episode.
1: Not notwithstanding Sep's preferences, do you prefer Diet Coke over say Coke Zero?
2: Yeah, out of a can though, I think. Has to be out of a can.
1: I think Coke Zero is like the best thing ever invented, honestly. Okay. Diet diet. I, I, diet. I think diet anything is just
3: an abomination.
1: <laughs> what is the actual difference between diet coke and coke zero coke zero has zero everything and diet has something of something like what are the nutrition facts like what what are, I believe why are they- I believe sugar. sugar yeah it's uh
4: a, an unimaginable amount of sugar in regular coke right and it's a <laughs> you know lab created sugar in the other ones
1: perfect
2: what's well, better to in your body who can Neither. say?
3: Neither. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't drink soda. I haven't
1: either. I, I that's great to show. I'm Kyle Porter here. KP I went I went a long time without drinking soda like like years and years and then I had I, I had one on a plane. Relapse. Settle Settled my stomach <laughs> and just relapsed right back into it, man. It's tough. It's a, it's an addiction for sure. I will say I,
3: I'll drink I'll drink a soda on a plane, but I'm I'm it doesn't uh, I'm I'm trying not to make myself seem better than Rick it doesn't uh, it doesn't cause me to fall back into oh here we go
2: oh my gosh Josh
1: key differences between coke zero and diet coke coke zero uses sodium citrate sure uh, while diet coke contains citric acid Uh, much much better for you yeah this this is the very technical so coke zero is lower in caffeine than diet coke i just don't know if i love the flavor of diet coke that's really my hold up here okay i don't
3: i don't i don't know that i've ever had coke zero uh i i don't like the flavor of regular coke
1: this is tough it's an america it's an american american staple oh maybe i'll be rooting for europe in september (laughs) All right, good segue. The European Ryder Cup team is set. Captain Luke Donald has made his final selections. There are a few that, yeah, sure, no problem. We were expecting to see and a couple, maybe at the end of this list that have us scratching our heads or at least up for discussion. Let's start with this, though, before we jump into the Ryder Cup selections. Uh, We are doing our yearly bribe where we ask for a five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes. You ask any question that you want, we throw it in the mailbag episode, and we answer it. We are mailbagging on Thursday. Today is Tuesday, so get them in ASAP. Tommy Fleetwood. Greg, Tommy Fleetwood, the 14th-ranked player in the world, fifth in uh, world points we have discussed how good his year has been. He will put up a 4-2-2 record on the line in Rome. And obviously what he did with Frankie Molinari in Paris, not easily forgotten. Tommy Fleetwood, an absolute no-brainer to make this team.
4: Absolute no-brainer. You know, this is kind of, I think this is going to be a theme through many of these picks as we go through, but the European players are in a little bit of a, a different situation because there's, simply fewer of them to choose from. And so Tommy Fleetwood was probably always going to be on this team. When we had this discussion with the Americans, you know, you could have picked this team in may kind of a deal. Uh, and that storyline is a lot more true on the European side. And what you're hoping for, if you're Luke Donald is that they found him in the form right around this time. And not all of them have, but Tommy Fleetwood really has. And this year has been impressive. Uh, the T the to green play has um, really come back to what it was back in 2018. And, and I think he's a much better putter now than he was then. So this is a really complete player. And the one knock on Tommy Fleetwood is just his ability to win uh, tournaments. But his ability to win 18 all matches is not in question at all. So he is going to be a force to be reckoned with. He'll be a fan favorite. And his game, his game holds up to just about anybody. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to play this guy. So he's going to be a force. He's going to be a real factor on this team. And if he if he draws a, you know, a nice pairing like a Francesco Molinari, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of Tommy Fleetwood in in these matches.
1: Form certainly not an issue, as Greg points out here, Patrick. That is six top ten finishes in his last eight starts. His year's been great, and Tommy. Uh, is likely going to be one of the on-course leaders, right? I don't imagine he's rah-rahing everybody up like John Rahm or Rory McElroy might, but he can certainly lead by example.
2: I, I imagine he's going to be one of the guys that goes all five. Uh, looking back to 21, he actually sat twice. He didn't. Do you play think Tommy? Do you think
3: Tommy goes all five?
2: I do. Uh, I mean, you look at the last three months; he's only behind Scheffler, Hovland, and Rory in strokes gained. Among the 24 competitors, great in Paris. Obviously, I don't know who they're going to put him with. Like Greg said, extremely well rounded. I think he's great in foursomes and four ball. He can play with anyone. He was with Hovland twice in, at Whistling Straits. So that was kind of just so-so. so so. So, I think if you're Europe, he's one of your top four players behind uh, Rory, Hovland, and Rom and Fleetwood. So, I think you got to put those four guys out there. As much as you can, unless uh, they get tired or whatever happens.
1: Yeah. What makes Tommy so good here, KP? Because I agree, you can probably put him with almost every single player on this team. He doesn't have one skill set like some of these other guys that you might point to and say, that's what we need for X, Y, and Z. But Tommy's been able to get it done no matter what. Well, I, th- I think
3: part of it, Rick, is he's a great driver. And while that left him the last, What two or three years he's kind of gotten it back this year, not maybe all the way to the to to where he was at in 2016, 17, 18 range. But you know, the more I, I, I don't know how much you guys have kind of dived into this course, but the more I study the course, the more I talk to people about it, read about it, watch people play it, et cetera, et cetera, the more it's like you're gonna have to be an unbelievable either driver or long iron player, which he is also. And I just think, you know, he, him playing great golf is is obviously a, an asset. But I also think his sort of long iron, great driver skill set fits this course pretty well. Also.
1: Yeah, it yeah. is interesting. And well, sorry, Patrick, did you want to jump in there? You're good.
2: No, I was just T2 in his lone appearance here in twenty one.
1: Yeah. So Tommy, uh, no stranger to this team likely will be in the future. No surprise there. Let's hit Shane Lowry real quick. So Shane Lowry on this squad hasn't had a top 10 anywhere in the world since I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling his win at the BMW PGA championship in September. Is that right? Yeah. Hasn't been a particularly great year for Shane Lowry here. Greg made his first appearance in the Ryder Cup in 2021. He went one and two. How do we feel about Lowry in the state of his game?
4: He's drawn a lot of comparisons to the Justin Thomas situation. I think in large part because he too missed the FedEx Cup playoffs. And it's drawn a lot of attention. But if you really look back at what he's done, you know, oh, he had a top 10 at the Honda Classic, by the way the uh, T five there, which would be his most recent top My 10 apologies. That is correct. Um, But it's been really consistent. It's been really steady. It hasn't been the bad performance. We haven't seen the missed cuts. We haven't seen the high rounds that we've seen with Justin Thomas. It, it his, his resume to me points to the, the system that is the FedEx cut playoffs and it rewards high finishes in a disproportionate way. Right? And, and it probably should be that way, but the, the really consistent T 12, T 16, T 21, those finishes are, are not signs of poor golf, right? I mean, you could play really good golf. You could be right on the cusp of winning something with that kind of form. And Tommy Fleetwood, uh, I'm sorry, Shane Lowry has been in form like that really for the majority of the year. Um, his play has been steady. The one thing that's held him back has been his, Um, short game, surprisingly, and putting. And we know what happens to Europeans when they put on the the stars, whatever uniform they're rocking, the putters always seem to come alive. And while that's the biggest area of concern for Shane Lowry right now, if that happens, it's a problem for the U.S. because the guy's been hitting the ball really well maybe the last couple of weeks have been a little so-so I get that but he's shown over a long period of time that his driving is excellent uh, his long iron play is excellent that's why he can compete at places like augusta National uh, he has those skill sets and it comes down to what he does on the greens and he's certainly capable so I, I think Shane Lowry's kind of gotten a um, an unfair judgment of his form uh, it, it's just a little misguided and when I really look at it i you know, if this were a, a, a fantasy podcast, I'd say, well, he's he's right there in the mix. He's he's on the brink of winning. He's closer to winning than losing his form. So I, I'm I'm quite high on Shane Lowry and uh quite worried about him actually for uh for the Americans.
1: Yeah, I was stirring the pot a little bit there, Patrick. Uh while he only has that one top ten, he's got a lot of top twenty-five finishes along the way, kind of reflecting what Greg was referring to.
2: Yeah, kind of just uh so so uneventful year for shane lowry but he was talking today ahead of the irish open saying he uh he's proud of the way he always gets up for the big events and he knows there is none bigger than than the Ryder cup you look at some of his major championship starts this year he played well at the masters pga and us open missed a cut at the open but i'm uh i'm not too sure how much he's gonna play i think three would be his max uh you look at the odds his top points you know, Gitter, he's in the same neighborhood as Hogard and Aberg, which we'll get to. And alert, uh, yeah, I mean, that one person who comments going to be really <laughs> mad at me. But uh, you look at strokes gained, he's only ahead of Bobby Mack, Kepka, who, I mean, I don't know if you can really look at his strokes gained just because of where he plays in uh, Justin Thomas. And so, yes, the season as a whole wasn't that bad, but it's all relative. It's relative to the 24 guys who are playing in this event and as it stands shane lowry is probably hovering around the 20th best guy in this field
1: it is interesting kp because he's obviously not rory rom Hovland, not even really maybe in that fitzpatrick fleetwood tier but i think he's an important guy for this team whether it's in the locker room whether it's on the golf course it, it feels like he should be there i just really don't know what his role is going to be
3: well, I, I, it's a little bit of the, some of the points that I've made about JT, right? Where Like, like the people that are – I've seen a lot of people over the last three days, uh, mostly on Twitter or in, I don't know, just different places, like yelling about, oh, Adrian Moronk deserved to make this team. And you're like, man, if you if you, if you think because like Adrian Moronk, first of all, his stats weren't better, but even if they were, then Shane Lowry – and like that's why you should be on the team then like you don't know how any of this works like we have so much like like th- we have so much evidence and history of the Europeans doing this and, and and doing the boys club thing Patrick where they get their guys and then they go and they f- freaking like love this week they love each other they go and win the Ryder Cup in Europe like this is just what they do and lowry is one of those guys and I, I just think if you're so hellbent on not any of you guys but if if, if anyone is so hell-bent on oh, adrian moronk finish t3 at the you know czech republic event and he should be on the team over lowry then like you don't that's not how any of this
1: works and it's at least never really been the blueprint for for the europeans so Lowry's yeah, like,
3: well, and, and, and the thing that I would say about JT and Lowry is like, you're not trying to get necessarily the, like, we could just print off the list of strokes gained or finishes or whatever, and you could have your 12 guys, but it, it's, it, it's about the value that you bring to a team, right? Like, it like, like the, the, the numbers or how you're playing, like that matters. You can't have a, a team of 12 JTs or 12 Lowry's, right? You'd get stomped, but when you've got enough Rory's and Hoveland's and Shufflers, then you can fill it out with guys that, I mean, Lowry is such a, he, he is a, I don't know, I don't think he is JT on their side because they have Rom, they have Rory, but he's a galvanizer. Like he is, he's a guy that I think a lot of the younger guys respect, look to, kind of congregates all the dudes uh, that week. And I, I just think that's invaluable in a week like the Ryder Cup week.
4: Agreed. You know, I, I'd add one thing to this. When you look at an Adrian Maronk, uh and, and you look at the boys club situation for Europe, part of that is where they play. And when you're comparing somebody who plays primarily on the PGA tour, like Shane Lowry, and somebody who plays primarily on the European tour, the DP world tour, like Adrian Moronk, it's a different thing. You know, it's really hard to compare those two, you know, strokes gain numbers. It's it's really hard to compare that, and so you're you're not really on a level playing field in that sense. And what is the value of a T three at the BMW International versus a T twelve at um, the three M Open, or you know a, a regular PGA Tour event? How do, how do you compare those two? And I think the European captains have been much more comfortable going with known, proven commodities uh, who play against these players who make up the U.S. Ryder Cup team and and the top guys who make up the European Ryder Cup team, it, it's much easier to compare them. So you know what you're going to get and you know they're comfortable with them. And and it's worked out really well for them in the past.
1: KP, I'm going to bounce this. So go ahead, Patrick.
2: Well, one more thing to the Moronk truthers out there which i I too have seen kp i don't think you get mad at lowry or you know the two young guns that are picked i think the one spot on the team where moron could have slid in team rose in that that automatic qualifying spot by bobby mack that's the one i mean he had so much happen that win against him. You think about who won last week on the DP world tour, who started playing well, who got that last automatic qualifying spot. A lot had to happen for Adrian Moronk not to get on this team. And you know what? They all did happen. It's unfortunate, um, but you move on. That's right. I think that's a good,
1: a good take as well. KP, I'm gonna give you first crack here on Sep Straka, the Ryder cup rookie finished T seven at the PGA championship runner up at the open. He won the John Deere classic. He made a deep run in the FedEx cup playoffs. He finished 14th at Eastlake. Sep Straka will don the blue and gold. There's probably more official names than that uh, for the first time.
3: Well, they, they wear all kinds of colors. They, I, don't, I don't know what color they are. They, they've worn burnt orange. They've worn. That's true. Black. They've, uh, they've, they've worn everything. Um, I think our own Patrick McDonald said it best. I don't know if we can pull this tweet up producer Josh, but he said it's going to be quite something when a diet coke loving George Bulldog hailing from Alabama proves to be the United States kryptonite. <laughs> which is exactly what's going to happen. I I love Sef Straka. I think he's going to be a menace. He's he's um, he's a different personality and player than brian harman but when i think of comps on the u.s side i think of brian Harmon. where you're just like God, why can't i put this guy away you know like i i think he's i i to me he's he's the type of personality that's actually really good in the rookie spot because he he's not going to go out there and like freak out about playing in the Ryder cup i don't think maybe he will but <laughs> that just doesn't seem like the kind of guy that he is so I think he's a really, really good whatever he is ninth guy, tw- tenth guy, eleventh guy on the team, um, and I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be awesome at this Ryder Cup. I think both these teams are just situated so perfectly, like just the the captains' picks that they made, and and the way they constructed their teams and the stars that they have. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be an awesome Ryder Cup.
1: Great temperament, Patrick. Great game, Sepstraka. Uh, I'm I'm also excited to see what he what he does in this thing.
2: Really high ceiling. Yes, L- just Michael Jordan. The ceiling is the roof. You think about the almost 59 at the John Deere Classic, top 10 at the PGA, runner up at the Open, makes birdies and bunches. Really accurate driver of the golf ball. I think he's behind only Morikawa and Fleetwood in this field in terms of that statistic and one of the better iron players quietly on the European side. So I'm in total agreement with Kyle. I think Straka has a very good opportunity to come in here a little bit under the radar and surprise a lot of people with his birdie making ability, his ability to make putts and bunches and really wreak havoc on this American side.
1: I'm glad, uh, Patrick brought up the ceiling here, Greg, because when you look at the stat profile, there are, there are spots of dark green, dark green, dark. Green. I mean, he is capable of getting hot for four days in a row. And if he goes and gets hot for a couple days in a row in Rome, that that's exactly what you're looking for. That ceiling.
4: There's four events since February where he's gained over seven strokes approaching the green. Yeah you know, there's a number where he's lost. He is, he's lost over. He lost, uh, more than seven strokes approaching the green at, at, the masters too. So he is a popper to say the least. And I, I expected to get a little more consistency out of Sepp Strzokka last year, uh, you know, heading into this year and it didn't quite happen, but there were some better performances and majors and, and some big events, which was really nice. But, He's he's this kind of guy that could win. And when if you pick him to win, if you have a ticket on Sep Straka, you, you're never surprised if you look at the bottom of the leaderboard and his name is there. Or, or he shoots 61. You know, and, and so there is a huge level of volatility. It really helps to be on home turf, right? It really helps to for that. This is a home game. For someone like Sepp Straka, because his best is good enough to compete with anybody and you don't want to face him at his best. Uh, But his worst could get run completely run over.
3: Well, I think if you take that in the micro, Greg, you could pair him with somebody who's more. Who did you say this about last week, Patrick, to pair with Scheffler? Scheffler and Burns. Was it Burns that?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was like Scheffler could just par you to death and pick yeah. up birdies, and then Burns just let him go have fun.
3: That's how I feel about maybe like a Hovland and a Straka. I don't know if they're going to play together, but somebody like a Hovland with a Straka, where it's like they might shoot a best ball fifty three with with how many you know birdies and 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 the way that Straka sometimes attacks greens and Hovland sometimes (laughs) attacks greens. That would be, that would scare me if I was the U S team. I was pairing Straka with somebody that's very consistent.
1: We're going to continue this conversation. We have three more captain's picks to go. We have four more majors to talk about, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up
0: And we're back. Trivia question. Which
1: is farther in distance from Rome? The hometown of Sepp Straka, Vienna, Austria, or the hometown of Tommy Fleetwood, Southport, England?
2: thought you were going to say Dubai for a second.
1: You each get a guess. Vienna or Southport? It's got to be Vienna. So Kyle's guess is Vienna.
3: So it feels like a trick question, but that that seems like it. I don't know.
1: I'll go with I'll England. Guess, uh, Southport. Yeah, I'll go with England as well. Two for Tommy Fleetwood, one for Sepp Straka. The correct answer is Southport, England.
3: Is closer to Rome.
1: Hold on a second.
3: Than Vienna, Austria. Hold on. There's no chance that's correct. So sorry, sorry. God, you know, far.
2: far I thought the I question thought. was which one's further. Yeah. Oh,
3: you said. Fr- yeah. Oh, uh, I then I I yeah I And screwed. also,
2: I
1: had um, I thought they were a lot closer because one of mine was in miles and one of mine was in kilometers, and they were a lot closer. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> it's one way to level the play. field. <laughs>
1: what a, it's what a Southport!
3: What a disaster of a of oh. interaction there. That's on no, me. That was my bad.
1: No, that was me trying to whip up a trivia question during the break while Transformers was playing in my ears. <laughs> I got I got you know under the. Got to try to get it in under my under the time there. Um, Justin Rose is on the team, Patrick. No surprise here. Six Ryder Cup performance. Uh, I don't know
2: what we need to say about Justin Rose. Uh, get to see him back after the 2021 omission. Uh, six Ryder Cup appearance, as it says. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think for a team that's pretty young, I was chatting with Kyle a little bit about how this team doesn't really have any pairings and foursomes to lean on. They have have no prior experience in foursomes. All five of the pairs that they have previously were in four ball, one of the five being Justin Rose and John Rahm in 2018. The other four came in uh, 2021. So I think having the experience of Rose, I know they'll lean on Rory and Rahm in the locker room a lot, but someone who has really seen it all, uh, including having a pivotal role there in, at the end of 2012, uh, could, could prove to you know mean a lot to some of these younger guys on the team.
1: Statistically, Greg, Rose has s- steadied himself a bit. There was a stretch where he was very, very reliant on the putter. He has turned in some decent ball striking numbers over the course of 2023. The driver can still be trouble at times, but it's generally a more positive stat profile than it was a year ago.
4: Yes, especially with the iron play. made a, a really nice improvement approaching the greens this year. I, I am still concerned about what he does off the tee. It, it seems now like his game, in a way, hinges on what he does off the tee. Um, you know, his last four events, he's lost strokes off the tee, and six of his last seven, he's lost strokes off the tee. So it, it hasn't been a great drive run for Justin Rose. And, and really, since the win... At the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, you know, that's something that's been that's something that's been missing. It was a little bit better before that, and and that area I think is going to really have a big effect. You think about him in 2018 at that Ryder Cup, he's vying for number one in the world at that time, kind of going back and forth with Brooks Kepka. and he's one of the best drivers of the ball in the game, and without that. You know what are we going to get out of out of Justin Rose, a veteran presence on the team. There's no question he uh, belongs here and and needed to be on this team. But that's the biggest thing that I'm watching for. What happens with his driver? If a player like Justin Rose is struggling off the tee, that really because his he's not very long, um, it, it puts a big advantage to the American side. So he's got to get that figured out. And uh, if he does, he'll play a significant role on this team.
1: A staple KP in these Ryder Cups and as uh, Josh points out, this is the first Ryder Cup that he has while he's been on the team that he's required a captain selection, usually an automatic qualifier.
3: Yeah, it it's it's him being on the team is really interesting because he almost doesn't fit with the rest of the team and I don't mean that as in like he doesn't get along with anybody, but I think of him as being part of the Sergio Stenson, Poulter, Westwood crew, and he's like the only—he's the only player remaining from that group. So there's, I guess, there's like a sense of transition there um, from from like the old kind of group to this new one, and I think he can provide some like like kind of bridge the the gap in in that sense, but. It's just like every time I see him on the list, it's like, oh, it kind of sticks out. It's just it's it's very different, I think, than kind of the rest of the players that are on the European team. And, you know, Rick, they they got Europe got a lot younger this year. They were their average age in whistling straights was like thirty four and a half this year. It's right at thirty. And so Rose is like far and away. I think the next oldest is like Lowry at 36, Rose is 42 or 41, then you got Rory. Rory's like the third oldest guy at 34, which is crazy. Um so yeah, it's just I don't think he'll pro- probably play a ton, but I do think if he kind of fits in if he kind of like fits into the role that they would have for him, which is like the old guard, this is this is like the way we do things, not in uh, like a dogmatic sense, but in uh sort of sense I think there's real value in, in having him on the team for that all
1: right KP well let's let's inject some youth into this team how about 22 year old Nikolai Hoyguard who is nearly half the age of Justin Rose Justin Rose 43 Hoygard 22 and a strong charge at the end of this qualifying period to catch Luke Donald's eye and Hoygard is one of these guys that we've been keeping an eye on. The last couple of years, like man, he, he can really get it going, and now he's making uh, his Ryder Cup debut.
3: It's pretty crazy. Uh, it's well, one, it's crazy that Ludwig's not the youngest player on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 Nikolai, and you know we didn't we didn't talk to be fair, we didn't talk a ton about the European team in general, but have we talked about Nikolai Huygard at all this
1: year? Probably not much. If we did, it would have been in passing somewhere. I mean, it, right. would, have been, it would have been, uh, you know, ra- Sunday night of the Corrales Punta Cana <laughs> recap episode, right? I mean, he put runner up there. That would have been about it.
3: But I th- he's, he seems like a menace. Like he, him and Ludwig both seem like, Hey, give me the ball. I'm not going to do the Fitzpatrick at Hazeltine thing where I go. 0 four, uh, uh, not saying that they won't that won't happen. I'm just saying their attitude very much seems like the aggressor rather than like the being being chased, being hunted. So I am very intrigued to see both him and and Ludwig perform at this Ryder cup. I think it's a good it's a good spot to kind of introduce them to it on European soil, you know, with the, kind of the coverage from Rory Rahm Havel and even somebody like Rose. And uh, yeah, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be good. I don't, I don't know what that means record wise, but I'm, I'm excited to, to watch him play some golf in Rome.
1: The resume continues to build for Nikolai here, Patrick. He was an accomplished amateur. He played on the junior Ryder cup team, turned professional in 2019. It is 2023. He's 22 years old. Start doing the math about when he became a pro. And now he is adding another notch
2: to that belt. He and Ludwig are just like the prototypical new golfer who he's not as straight, but he is just as long. And the iron play is top notch. putter's great as well. I believe he wanted this course too, which, I think people were trying to make that argument. I, I hate to go after the Moronk truthers again, but they're trying to make that argument. And it's like, okay, pal, like this guy also won at this course.
1: He
3: did. Got to cross,
2: cross those two's off.
3: 2021. The yeah. Adrian Moronk truthers. It, what a crazy world we live in, Patrick.
2: Yeah. I mean, of all the big surprises that we had in 2023, I'd say there being a group on the internet, true thing for Adrian Moronk has to be up there. But, I saw uh,
3: some some Eastern European uh ant, ant, like bias against Eastern Europe. I mean, just insane behavior.
2: I w- I will, I'll I'll leave the bias against Eastern Europe to you, Kyle. I'll, I'll let you take that <laughs> part of the globe. I won't have nothing to do. Big Novak Djokovic fan here. We're sure. not gonna go against that part of the the world. Great people over there. But back to Nikolai. Um, I, I think. <laughs>
1: We were so close to getting a great people on both sides from Patrick, weren't we? It was so, it was right on the tip of his tongue. I thought we were going to get it.
3: Um, to be clear, I was not saying that. Other people were saying that. Yeah, not me. Yeah,
2: yeah. He, he's, he's a really good player. I, I don't know uh, what for, probably four ball would be more his speed, but I, I know Sean Martin's just been tweeting a storm about him and all these random statistics about him that I've been getting to via his Twitter. And it's pretty cool. He's, you know, just as good of a wedge player as Colin Murakawa. He's fifth longest in this field of 24. So it, it'll be very interesting who they pair him with and kind of these younger guys, if they want to attach him to the horses or not.
1: The the story from a couple of years ago, Greg, was the the raw talent, right? The raw talent of this kid. And now he is much more refined, has a great skill set, is maturing seemingly week in and week out. It's been a really impressive run. Uh,
4: absolutely. And, you know, we talked about this a lot, Rick, with the American team. You have this opportunity. You're close. Who's going to go and take it? Uh, and And this is an example of that with his – Last three events, a really nice finish at the Wyndham on the PGA Tour with a T14 there, uh, and then and then goes with back to back top fives in his last two opportunities on on the European Tour, um, the DP World Tour. So really impressive stuff in the clutch when you need it, and you started to see this talent come about. And you know, back in 2021 when he won twice in pretty close proximity, you saw amazing. Uh, off the tee numbers, just phenomenal driving and phenomenal iron play, and it has tapered off at, at times this year a little bit. Um, but you're starting to see a, a resurgence again, where he's using that driver as a weapon. And and over the long term, his ball striking has been really strong, and so it, it's a little easier to compare him to what they do on the PGA Tour. And I think that kind of game, that style stacks up like like you said he's a um prototypical young player coming out and and now in good form with a good record not only did he win at um marco simone in 2021 he he came and tied fifth this year so he's shown a um an acumen for the golf course if you will not sure what kind of action he's going to get i'm not sure who they're going to pair him with but um but but it's definitely a great starting place for Nikolai, we we kind of finally get to see it because it always feels like it's up in, in question, at least at the last Ryder Cup. Is he going to make the team? He's the next wave of, of young guys. And now, now he'll get an opportunity to really make that stick.
1: If the X factor on the American side is Justin Thomas, the X factor on the European side, Ludwig Aberg, who... KP 99 days ago was playing in the NCAA division one championships 99 days ago. Now he is a captain selection for the Ryder cup fresh off a victory last week at the European masters. He finished fourth in the Czech Republic just the week before that he has been making noise specifically off the T since turning pro this summer. And now he will be I, I just can't believe he's going to tee it up on this Ryder cut. It's well-deserved. He should be, but this is, I'm, I'm genuinely excited about
0: this.
3: I, I am too. It's, it's pretty wild. I mean, we're everybody on the, the U S side is hollering about how JT only has one top 10 since the masters Ludwig Aberg has one top 10 ever on the PGA tour. Like in the history of his career, <laughs> he's never played a major. He's never played a major. I think we're sort of I think he it got sort of spoken and not not spoken into existence. he went out and won and like he he's been playing good, but it became a little normalized early on and it, we've lost sight of how insane it is, like he was playing in the Calusa Cup in March <laughs> I think that's what it was called yeah, is that it, is that it, it
1: that's right he finished fourth
3: <laughs> yeah, the Calusa cup the Thunderbird intercollegiate i don't even i don't know what the yeah, names of these six are. Seventh. <laughs> this is and he's gonna be in the ryder cup in sub, in three weeks playing against spieth and Scheffler and brooks i mean it's 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 wild and you know it's it, it's been one of the funny things or amusing things i guess for me to to sort of see is the way that luke donald talks about him did you did you see rick the uh the FaceTime between Luke Donald and and Ludwig, yes. I mean, I don't know if I talked to him. I mean, he
1: was
3: (laughs) gushing, he was he was like kind of hot and bothered,
1: yeah. Over the way he had had the warm and fuzzies for sure. He did not play hard
3: to get, (laughs) no, no. So, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's very exciting, and I will say. I said this on another podcast earlier this, or that's coming out later this week. Ludwig and getting paired with like a Rory or a, or a Hoblin is absolutely terrifying to me. He's he's an elite driver. Uh, I don't, uh, he, you know these these twelfth picks have gotten a lot of attention. I don't know how much actual playing time they'll get, but he he could be a real problem for the US if he kind of starts feeling himself uh for a couple of days in row.
1: I, you know, things change so quickly, but I, I remember and KP mentioned it a little bit before Patrick, like we were we were saying, oh my God, this American team is so old. They they have no chance. How are they going to flip the script? Now they lose the live guys. Like how were they gonna and they just injected a lot of really exciting, great youth into this team.
3: You're you're talking about the European team. What did I say? American. I meant European. Yeah. They're younger
2: now. Yeah. We did lose Patrick Reed though. So (laughs) let's not forget about that. But I I think really what it'll come down to is we look back at the old European team. They had all the pairings before, right? The Spanish Armada, Poulter and Rory were great together a bunch. And now it's just flipped. The U.S. kind of has those set in stone teams of Cantlay and Xander, uh, JT and Speed, Scheffler and Burns perhaps. It's going to come down to Luke Donald's ability to pair these guys against Zach Johnson's timing and decision making, of potentially needing to break his up if something goes awry. And Kyle, I mean, I've been I've been agreeing with you all show, and I agree again. I think if you put him out with Rory McIlroy, it gives shades of almost that Thomas Peters pairing. Yes, where they just put so much pressure on you off the tee. Where I mean, they're going to be 325 middle of the fairway more times than not, and that is really terrifying and really tough to compete against.
3: Well, you got you know you'll have Rory bowing all over the place and running around like a maniac, and Ludwig can just like I mean, he could be a, like if they put him in the right spots, he could be a tr- like a tremendous problem for the U.S. Are you Patrick? Are you worried about Zach Johnson's ability to t- to make this all work? The press uh, conference was, was not, was not uh, awe-inspiring.
2: I'm not sure. I, I think you got to see how it plays out. If they go out there and four sums early and the teams look great, you just kind of – it all falls into his hands and he's able to ride them until the end most likely. But I don't know. If something like Sam Burns really falters and you got to put Spieth with, with Scotty. And what do you you leave JT on the side that kind of throws off all these other teams. So I think it comes down to Zach Johnson's decision-making. Do I have confidence in that? I have no idea. Zero idea.
1: It's a pretty good segue, Greg, into like a little bit about how they can run this European squad out here. I mean, if I remember correctly, they did a lot of super teams at Whistling Straight Straights, right? It was just like you're put all your you're not we're not spreading our best players out. We're putting them together. Now I think Ludwig is interesting because you're probably gonna have eleven guys raising their hand to try to get into a, a pairing with him. But I think it's logical to kind of go back to those super teams again and see how many pick see how many points you can pile.
4: Yeah, absolutely right. And the skill set is evident and clear. And maybe he is the you know the young horse they try to ride uh into a victory and and a player like that could make a really big difference in the in the team play but i think it's much more likely that they go with you know a a fleetwood hatton uh a a rory and a um probably not rory and rose but maybe rory and rom and hovland and uh, you know some somebody else along those lines lowry and and all, all you really need is eight You need eight guys, and then you mix a couple in there for a couple of matches here and there, and all of a sudden you got a team that's in a really good position heading into singles. That's an option. I think it's probably the option, because as impressive as Ludwig Aberg has been, this is a different stage, a very different stage, and you don't know how he's going to handle that. It looks like he's going to handle it well. Uh, it it absolutely has all the appearance that he is ready for this some somehow I guess because he's just that good but it's very different and and you don't know how he and and Hoyguard are gonna are gonna be very helpful that they're home and and I think that gives them a much more leeway but I, I do get the sense that the super teams are going to be put out there and probably should be. Um, But you give these guys a taste and the future Ryder Cup situation suddenly looks a whole lot better. I mean, it looks a whole lot better than it did after, say, the President's Cup last year in just one year. I mean, this situation has turned dramatically for the Europeans. And Ludwig could join Rory, Rahm, and Hovland up there near the top of the game. Uh, by the next Ryder Cup, that, that would not surprise me at all with his skill set. So this is uh, a, a wonderful experience for him and a great way to kickstart a professional career. That you could very easily not even have a tour card at this point if you're Ludwig Aberg. You know the normal, yeah. the normal trajectory is you you don't have a tour card at at this point, and he's a PGA Tour player. So it's it's wild how it all turned out, but. Um, I'm excited to see what he does. And I hope he gets some playing time. I hope he gets a big partner. It, it'd be really fun to
3: watch. Rick, can I read this uh, Shane Lowry quote from the Irish Open today?
1: Yeah,
0: sure.
3: He said, I've seen him. Uh, I've not played with him or seen him. and obviously, But obviously, I watched last weekend. I think Ludwig is probably going to play in the next six or seven Ryder Cups. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> which is so, so many. That's a, that's an astonishing amount of writer. 12 to 14 years. (laughs) Uh, So this is, uh, this is a good one to start with in Rome with a very strong team. I think he'll fit into the team nicely. Um, I I mean, as much as we've talked about it, as much as it's been talked about on Twitter and all these different things, it's, it would be like Gordon Sargent being on this U S team. They're, they're the, t- they're, you know, the, I was looking it up the last 43 weeks. One of those two has been the number one amateur in the world. Now, Gordon Sargent just got done going 4 0 in the, in the Walker Cup. You run,
1: run him right to Rome. Let's
3: go. Which He's is, going. which, but it's just, and, and there's, there's an opportunity on the European side because they're not as, I don't want to say they're not as strong at the bottom, but they just don't have like the, they don't have the spots to, f- the obvious people to fill spots at the bottom like the us does yeah and so you get the opportunity to kind of turn it over with ludwig i mean they're also getting lucky that they don't have to decide between sergio and ludwig or sergio and nikolai right because that would be a that would be a hard choice i don't know how sergio would be playing if he wasn't playing live but he's been arguably the best rider cupper of all time and how do you make that choice so it's kind of a like a lot of things had to happen and come together for him to 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 get this opportunity but I don't think they're I don't think it was like a you know congrats on making the team pick I think they're I think they're going to run him out there and say hey let's, let's see what you got which is sick and I'm pumped about
1: Yeah I think this team I think this team looks uh a lot better than I could have imagined it looked 2 years ago um and I think they've got a
2: decent chance i think they're people I, I were talking about the president's cup being more competitive remember that
3: yeah. yes <laughs> like you were you saying that
2: no absolutely not i always take the wait and see approach i give a good yeah. nod to my friends in eastern europe I, mm-hmm. you know shake some hands kiss some babies
3: did you you didn't go see djokovic did you when the at uh, the u.s open
2: no i did not
3: uh, somebody. Oh, it was Joseph Omania. Okay. Different, different young uh, golf, great golf mind that I was thinking of.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. We are going to put a pin in this Ryder Cup conversation. I'm sure we'll talk plenty about it here in the next couple of weeks, but we are going to quickly look forward to some major championship venues. We'll do that after a quick word from our partners
0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: And we're back. All right, gents, as if uh, we didn't have anything better to do seven months out of our next major championship, we should probably just just get uh, the taste buds going a little bit with a little bit of an appetizer. The Masters, April 11th, is that uh, fateful uh, first round. And... It'll be John Rom Greg who looks to defend amongst plenty of other narratives dare i say Rory McIlroy looking to complete the career grand slam dare i say Tiger will we see Tiger I have no idea but lots of things to consider for that first full week of April
4: Yeah I think it's pretty clear at this point that um this green jacket belongs to Justin
2: Thomas clearly wow <laughs> I'm in there. Greg. Well,
4: typically at this point in the year we're we are kind of thinking about that and talking yeah. about that. This
1: is the year that we give it to him every single year. Yeah. I'm year so,
4: to way too early to do that. But um, he has been practicing, which is good. I uh, posted some videos of that.
1: <laughs> Speaking of things that do not provide a lot of confidence, Justin Thomas with 15 different training aids in a bucket hat, not a lot of confidence. Yeah. Normal, normal sport right here, baby. If you saw anybody doing this at the driving range, you would think they are hurting. It looks like he's in the Ryder
2: Cup
3: flushing it.
4: I think this is uh, actually a really good sign. Um, And the reason is, I think Justin Thomas this year went down a path of a swing change that was a little more uh, around his body, a, a little flatter in his motion. And I don't know if that was for aesthetics. I don't know if that was to get a little more accurate off the tee. I don't know what the purpose of that was. Uh, And I don't think it was a good purpose. But this, that swim noodle that's behind him that's sticking straight up in the air, he's working on getting his arms back up a little bit higher. And I think that's JT going back to what makes Justin Thomas Justin Thomas. So I actually view that as funny as it is. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I I view that as a a good sign for him. So we'll see what happens at Augusta National. I know we're talking about the Masters. And I, wait, I, is he I, is he really your pick? No. Oh, okay. No.
1: Well, he, I mean, he was on a run there where he went twenty second, seventeenth, twelfth, fourth, twenty first, eighth. He was he was hovering around it, and then he missed the cut last year.
4: And I thought that hole number thirteen the added length there would be a huge advantage for JT because it would simplify the shot for him a little bit. I thought he always overcomplicated it and would make an eight there and play the whole over par for the week and just made some, you know, shot himself out of the tournament on a few occasions on that hole. Um, But all in all, this is a tournament that is so even difficult to think about right now, but so exciting to think about. So, whose game is going to be in really good shape heading into the masters. Uh, I don't know, but it always seems to bring out the best and, and a, a Victor Hovland uh, who's probably my lean right now, uh, but a Scotty Scheffler, a John Rahm, a Rory McIlroy, you got to figure all those guys are going to be right there in the mix because they, they're just that good. And, and this golf course brings out that kind of player year in and year out. And, That's why it's the um, most highly anticipated
3: major. Let's make some picks. Greg's just filibustering here to not have to make a pick.
1: (laughs) Okay, Um, Greg, make a pick.
4: Scotty Scheffler.
3: Brave. Brave.
4: I'm going to have to make a big turn. He's going to have to really turn something around to win the Yeah, the putter. (laughs) Is that what is that what's holding him back?
2: The putter tends to be. What's well, I am game? lifting. I am lifting the curse. For uh, How are you gonna do that? The Ryder Cup. I'm just what's gonna the, lift it. What's so the curse? to of the finger. You're in well, charge. of The curse. Post eye test, he hasn't really been able to putt. So, getting LAS, sick and boom. Okay. Colin Moore. Do you agree? I pick Colin. I'm uh I'm actually gonna go with Justin Thomas. (laughs)
3: That's so sick. Uh, I will say, actually, I got a I've got a trivia question here for you, Rick. How many miles? No, I'm kidding. How many many players coming into this year were ranked inside the top uh, twenty? on January one that won uh, majors this year. So of the four major winners, how many were ranked inside the top 20 on January one?
1: Well, Rom would have been uh Wyndham. Clark probably would not have uh, definitely would not have been Brian Harmon uh, would not have been. So, I mean, the answer, I'm assuming the answer is two.
3: One. One. Rom was ranked fifth. Harmon was ranked 24th. Mm-hmm. Brooks was ranked 52nd. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And Wyndham Clark was ranked 163rd. So all that to say, like... JT is live. We, we, that, that is to say that JT right. is live. We only or, picked, like, one of the top five guys. When we answer this question, I just go down to the OWJ. I'm like, oh, you know, it's one of these guys that went in. And that's not necessarily what happens. I'm going Cam Young. Cam Young finished T10 this year. He's obviously a great major player. Unbelievable driver of the ball. I think I think he's going to have a. I don't know if it's a bounce back year because he wasn't that bad this year, but I, I like him at Augusta National.
1: Uh, I'm also excited to. Pr- presumably, we will have Will Torres back in the full swing by by the time we get to. We'll, we'll get there, Masters, would be sick. Patrick, do you want to do you want to make a pick seven months in advance?
2: Um. Yeah. If Justin Thomas is off the PGA Tour for whatever reason at that point in time, I will go. Patrick Cantlay is definitely not going to win. Sanders probably not. I I like Kyle's idea of going. I'll go with uh, Max Homa. Got top 10 at the open. I like the course. I mean, look where he's won. Quail Hollow, Torrey, Rivera. Give me Homa.
1: The 106th PGA Championship will be in Louisville. Did I pronounce that correctly? Louisville.
3: As far as as I'm concerned, you did.
1: Louisville Kentucky at Valhalla it'll be Brooks's title to defend Patrick but Rory McIlroy hoisted the trophy here the last time in 2014
2: great tournament with Phil and Ricky in the dark getting uh, mm. up on the. Phil Phil wasn't having it but Rory said excuse me sir I'll take this Wanamaker." to and michael block arrives as as the course record holder which will get a ton of hype leading into the tournament as well i don't know much about the course have they changed anything since then um i mean we had we had a great leaderboard with with who i just mentioned before so i assume it's going to be a pretty standard pga setup which have been fantastic the last half decade I, i think The PGA has really emerged as one of the better majors after not really having an identity. It feels like it's the fairest test, I would say, over the bunch. You think the U.S. Open's the hardest. The Open has the conditions. Augusta National, obviously. And then I think the PGA Championship has now solidified itself as extremely fair with that winning score from 7 to 10 under in that money range of good golf is going to get rewarded. Bad shots will be penalized and uh, I'm assuming Valhalla will be the same deal.
1: Mm. Have you been to Valhalla KP? Mm -mm. You excited? No. Uh,
3: I'm more excited about Pinehurst. Mm.
1: Pinehurst Pinehurst will be sweet. We'll get to Pinehurst in a second. Um, Valhalla PGA championship. So here's the here's the winners uh that, that Patrick was alluding to Kepka, JT, Phil Mickelson, Kalam Morikawa, Kepka, Kepka, JT. That's the last least recent run. And they've been competitive. They've been good setups. I I'm excited about the PGA championship.
3: Yeah, they've they've been they've been great.
1: Great events. Greg, do we know anything about Valhalla?
4: Jack Nicholas design. There you go. Uh, which is a a big deal because there's a a tendency on Nicholas courses to really favor uh, a fade. Um, But what they really favor is trajectory. They favor height. And you look at the leaderboard from 2014 and it's Rory and Phil and Stenson and Fowler. Uh, You had Jim Furyk in there, but these are Ryan Palmer and Ernie Els and Jimmy Walker who had a big high fade. I mean, these are um, really good ball strikers at the time. And I think that's what it requires. It's going to require some distance off the tee. It's going to require really high approach shots. It's likely going to be long. Um, So I'm, I'm looking for guys who are great ball strikers and can hit high fades or hit it high in either direction like a Scotty Scheffler, maybe he wins the first two majors, but I don't think that's my official pick.
1: This is this is the one that screams Cam Young to me.
4: Long high. Yeah, I could see it. Uh also Brooks. He's pretty good. <laughs> right? Like is he going go to go back-to-back at the PGA again? That what was... if
3: Brooks what if Brooks gets to... He has. Does he have more majors than PGA Tour wins yet? I know they count as PGA Tour wins, but
2: I think it's five four.
3: Five four PGA Tour wins. Five majors. That's so
1: sick. He's. It is. Yeah. Waste management. CJ Memphis Phoenix. Yep. So five four.
3: That's that's awesome. Uh, I'm
1: picking Victor Hovland.
3: Mm. Official pick. I won't change. I refuse to change it.
1: I'll go Cam Young and I reserve the right to change it. Patrick.
2: And I will go with the big one. Actually, kind of like him at Augusta too, but Bryson DeChambeau.
1: Ooh. I
3: almost said him for Augusta. I was scared. I got scared. I
2: think think he's gonna figure it out this year.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Every
2: every
1: every September 5th. It's I think Bryson's gonna figure it out this year.
3: Do you, would you, well, go ahead, Greg.
4: Jordan Spieth. No, oh. no, no, I don't <laughs> like one bit. I would love that, but I don't think that's going to happen. I, you know, I, I um, went out on a limb with Scotty at the masters. I'm going to go out on a
3: limb again and go with Rom. There we go. Yeah. What,
1: what were you going to say, KP?
3: Uh, I was going to ask Patrick if he thinks that who, who wins the masters first, Bryson or Rory? Oh, gosh. <laughs> or Ludwig.
2: Um, I'm going to go <laughs> Ludwig. Bryce might not
1: even qualify for the
3: Masters soon. I know.
2: That's what I I'm know. thinking. Yeah, uh, you got to go with uh, Ludwig of that bunch. Uh, KP, you're, you're, you're. <laughs> you, you have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's Rory. <laughs> you're
1: excited about Pinehurst. The number two course will be back in action for the 124th U.S. Open. What makes Pinehurst so good? Well, it's, it's
3: one of the great championship courses in the United States. It's, you know, I think it's tantamount to a Shinnecock, a place that you can kind of just roll up to in two weeks and host a U.S. open. And, um, I love this sort of, um, it's not randomness out of the rough, but it's just kind of weird. You don't really know what you're getting when you're hitting into kind of the native areas. Um, just a really good history. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about it. I think the one problem with Pinehurst and this has been true sometimes at Augusta it's true of really really good courses is that you can get a Martin Keimer where it's like if somebody it, the, the risk or reward is higher than it at some other places and you can get a week where somebody's just just feeling it and runs away with the tournament so I think places like Pinehurst not always but can lend themselves to potentially, Boring finishes, you know, like we saw with with Brian Harmon at the Open Championship this year. So it's a it's a risk worth taking, though. It's a great, great venue, um, really good winners. And yeah, pumped about it.
1: Seven golfers under 20 to one. Greg Scotty Scheffler, John Rom, Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kepka, Xander Schauffele, Victor Hovland, Patrick Cantlay. Rounding out the favorites for the 2024 US.
4: Open. Yeah. Um, cool golf course, because there's some room off the tee. Random lies when you miss fairways, uh, and that benefits really long hitters to me. Um, so I, I look at Pinehurst, you know, on September 5th as a driver's course and a and a short game course. And I would not be surprised if Wyndham Clark went back to back. It's a it's a perfect golf course for him. He's such a good putter. He's so good on those tight lies and those kind of shots um, has a really reliable shot shape. So I, I think a player like that has a real chance. I also think a player like Jordan Spieth has a chance uh, it, because it has a tendency of playing so firm and fast, it, it opens up an opportunity for a couple guys who are a little shorter to get in the mix as well. So I think uh, Wyndham Clark is definitely on my mind here Um I think Victor Hovland is definitely on my mind here with his improved short game, um, but I think I'm, I think Wyndham's going to go back to back.
1: That, Love that's that pick, a big, bold selection. Uh, just some winners at a variety of events at Pinehurst. Here, Patrick, Andy Ogletree won the 2019 USM. We talked about Martin Keimer, 2014 US Open. Michael Campbell, 2005 US Open. Payne Stewart, 99 US Open uh denny shoot 1936 pga do you remember that one did you cover did you write a gamer for that one
2: i thought you were gonna say denny mccarthy Mm -hmm. Uh, i do not remember denny uh whatever his last name was
1: denny shoot (laughs) s-h-u-t-e uh he has three major championships
2: shame on me that's surprising shame on
1: more than rom How about this? Uh, Won the PGA Championship twice, but both when they were match play. And then he won the Open. He won three majors in four years. Imagine what we would have been saying about him.
3: Wow. Wow. We would have been been hollering. 33
1: for the Open, 36 and 37 for the PGA Championship. So I wonder how that worked. Like, he he must have... Because I know when
4: Hogan won the open in 53, he could not play in the PGA because there was an overlap in the schedule, which is just crazy to think about. You, you couldn't play both. So that's interesting. I wonder if maybe it was a leap year or something and, and there was a little extra time for him to play both because he's got two or he's got an open. You'd think he'd play there every year, but I guess different times.
3: Maybe he was on a faster boat than
1: Hogan. Hogan. He only played three open championships in his life. He won the first one, finished 20th the next year, 14th a couple years later, and never played it again. I'm done That's
3: that's my favorite Hogan stat is he needed the open for the slam and played it once, won it, never played it again.
1: Uh, let's just talk about the open Patrick. 100-
3: Wait, did we did we all make picks for
1: Ryanhurst? Go ahead, make a pick.
3: Uh, ooh,
2: I like that pick. I'm gonna go with r- r- Tommy Fleetwood.
3: Oh, you almost did it. Yeah, I know. Rick, you Ricky gonna say Ricky. Ricky. Yeah. yeah,
2: hell yeah. Let's go.
1: This is the Victor one.
3: Really? Mm-hmm. Even with the tight, the tight
1: uh like turf. You, you could put it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. don't worry about that.
2: Imagine and, okay. Kimer did.
1: Think about yeah, the last I'm nine kidding. month gains. Think about the next nine month gains and you can put it.
4: Yeah. I I but can you put it like Wyndham Clark?
3: We're gonna find out. You gotta pick correct. I just I just like him better on like where there's taller rough that he can chunk it out. Safe par. We'll see. You might not be right. You might win both. He might win Valhalla and Biners. <laughs> Maybe you <He> might <laughs> win them all.
1: <laughs> Greg, you want to make a pick?
3: Oh,
4: my
1: pick is in Wyndham Clark. Oh, that's right. Sorry, my bad. Um, the open, Patrick. Royal, Royal Troon. Henrik Stenson in 2016. Remember that one. Uh 04 Todd Hamilton, 97, Justin Leonard. Eighty-nine Mark Calcavecchia, Watson in eighty-two, Tom Wisecoff in seventy-three, and someone named Arnold Palmer in nineteen sixty-two.
2: You guys know who finished third in two thousand sixteen?
1: Yes, I
3: do. Yes. I do.
2: Yes,
1: yes, it's a I, it's a classic trivia.
3: I, th- I wait, hold on. I think I do.
1: I hundred percent do.
3: I think it was it was uh, oh gosh, I think it was Tyrrell.
1: I don't. I that is not who I thought it was. So maybe I'm wrong. Or Beef? No, but you're you're close or in... Or Rory? You're close in body shape.
3: Rory Beef and Zero. Rory,
1: Not Rory. Beef. Rory was... Was it Beef? No. Body shape close to Beef. Oh. Uh, Lowry? He
3: no. played in the final picture. Oh, J.B. Holmes. J.B. Holmes. J.B. Holmes. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. <laughs> <good>. six under. <laughs> yeah. yeah he he one lost... one.
3: He was Yeah, he lost by 40. I were Rory and Beef and and Hatton all in the top 10.
2: Uh Beef and Hatton were I, I didn't was not. Beef. It
1: was uh Stenson at 20 under, Mickelson 17, JB at 6 under, Stricker at 5, Sergio Stricker, Sergio Hatton, Rory at 4 under, Beef at 3 under, Soren Keldson, Bill Lasch, oh, Dustin Johnson at 2 under. Okay. Okay. Right. So I was in the ballpark. Yeah, no, you were close. You were just as close as JB Holmes was to Henrik Stenson. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, just absolute vintage road of course here, Greg.
4: Oh, the postage stamps phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's it's remembered now for this shootout between Phil and Stenson, which was just unbelievable. I mean, sixty-three and sixty-five in the final round for these guys um, you had, you know, third place at the end of round three was six under and it was six under at the end of the tournament as well. So the golf course is not anywhere near as easy as Phil and Stenson made it look, but this making picks on a golf course like this right now is extremely difficult.
1: Making, Zero- picks, making picks on Saturday night is going to be difficult.
4: Yes. <laughs> well it could be really easy you know it, it could be a no-brainer you never know it, like brian harman this year was a no-brainer but it it's so weather dependent and so i'm very curious to see are we going to get a real bad weather open championship we had a taste of it this year um but not like it's been so i'm very curious to see what we get in that essence but this is a really cool golf course classic classic rota um venue and I think there's gonna be a lot of generate a, a lot of hype generated as we get
1: closer. I want the guy who has two podiums in his last three open championships. I want I want that guy as my selection. His name is John Rom. Okay.
3: Uh he was what what was that? Oh, Royal St. George's mm-hmm that was yeah. kind of a back backdoor variety. Don't worry about it.
1: Third and third and 21 runner up in this year.
3: Okay. I'm going uh, I'm going off the board, Patrick. You're gonna like this though. I'm going with our boy, Minwoo.
1: Ooh. I
3: thought about him like for to... Pinehurst.
1: Yeah. I would uh, I'd empty my bank account for that.
3: He's he's <laughs> he's nasty. I'm in. Mean, so cool. I want to beat. He'll be it.
2: great on the Presidents' Cup too next oh, year.
3: Just a oh a menace, a menace to the
2: whole world. I'm uh I'm gonna go with Rory McIlroy. I think he's wow. gonna break through and get back on the major train, and then quick turnaround, win Augusta in 25.
3: Wow, that would be a that would be an, a a series of events
2: that would blow up
3: Uh, it it would it would be extraordinary Greg
4: a youngster who has turned into a little bit of a Lynx you know superstar Um, Gordon Sargent of course (laughs) aka very similar style actually Uh, but it's Tom Kim for me
3: very cool. similar <laughs> social for sure same game same game uh, game knows game
1: before we get out of here i was i was stuck in a wikipedia wormhole over here small small trivia closest without going over
3: God, i love this i could do another hour of
1: trivia. number of pga tour wins for tom weiskopf
3: uh i'll say 13 greg
1: I think it's more than that.
4: I'm going to say 18.
2: It mm, oh,
3: might be in the...
1: Yeah, you're- <laughs> I, <think you're- laughs>
2: I was going to say 17. I'm not going to let them affect mine.
1: The answer is 16, uh-huh. which means Patrick and Greg are over despite being closer, and Kyle <laughs> wins. Yeah, 16. PGA Tour wins for Tom Weisskopf. All right, gents. It's been a pleasure.
3: Can I get Patrick's trophy?
1: <laughs> we'll get you half a trophy or soon enough
2: soon enough
1: <laughs> thursday yeah we will have to do trivia here shortly uh thursday's show is a mailbag so get your questions comments and concerns in via the old itunes review send them into josh we'll do all the mailbag fun stuff on thursday anything else before we get out of here
3: just keep bringing the jt tears and hate throw it in the throw it in the mailbag throw it in the comments dm it to me email me Bring it all to me. I yeah, want it them, all.
2: Make them spicy, kind of like the Mark take Lee Hodges. Uh, <laughs> get get weird with them, viewers. Don't be afraid. Anything's on the table.
3: I'm keeping all the JT receipts for when he's three and zero on Sunday, going into singles.
1: Big thanks to producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. Patrick McDonald available online at amateur status. You can find Greg Ducharme with the real GFD Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.
0: Streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You're ready, Bob. Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You Bob Marley, one love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.